0: It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your hosts, Chris Schubert, floating around. He's producing this thing. We're from the Draft Network, and we're brought to you by Bet Online, your number one source for all of your sports betting needs info odds if you want to bet on the New York Mets the undefeated 1-0 and on pace to be Who cares? 162-0 and yes, New York Mets you can place it I did that I did that yesterday I put I put cash down on the money line for the New York Mets and you know what I regret Chris I regret not taking the under because I saw the nine and a half runs and I knew I didn't want to bet the over but for some reason I never thought about the under don't make that mistake Go to Bet Online. It's a phenomenal place. It's the number one spot for all of your online sports wagering needs. They've got live betting, your favorite Vegas casino games. They've got poker games. You know, Chris actually, he didn't hang out with us yesterday because he went to go play poker. He could have just played friggin' poker at Bet Online. Bet Online, where the game starts. What an absolute buffoon. Kyle, happy Friday to you.
1: Happy Friday to you as well. Let's go.
0: Takes on takes. Takes Chris. on
1: takes. From a a bedroom at an Airbnb where you guys are staying here in Arizona Hello. on the hardest beds. I think this is insane. Ever. Like you guys are to paint a picture for everybody. You guys are, are sharing one bed in terms take, of take the recording. Pic. Take a pic and take a pic. We can tweet it out. These these beds. We will tweet take out a, pic. a picture afterwards. You,
2: you can put it on the. Uh, the this can be the sound clip for the show today.
1: That is exactly what well, I you will can do. Just don't overlay the. But,
0: but these. You're so dumb. But
1: these beds are. are <laughs> Ow, my neck. Very stiff. Ow. Yeah, you guys are hurting yourselves over there. Ow.
0: My biggest question is we are indoors. Yes. Uh, there is no window open, and Kyle Krabs has like sunglasses on where you can't see she his raised. eyes. Yeah.
1: Takes on takes. I'm yeah. the take master. So first takes on takes that we've done in person, right, guys? We uh, really yeah, person, first right? ever. This, this is a good time. Um, I'll start with Tell because he sent it in super early. Really oh. appreciate everybody reaching out with the takes early uh, this week. He said super early because it didn't make the cut last week. Sorry, Ooh. Tell. Rashad White is a top three back in this class mm. because he has a Kenyon Drake floor and a Matt Forte ceiling.
2: The Matt Forte ceiling is too high, in my opinion. But I do like Rashad White quite a bit, and I would not be surprised if he's RB5 for me this year.
0: That would make him not a top three back. <laughs> Correct. So you're out on the take.
2: Yes, I'm out on the take.
0: He's not a top three back for me, so I'm out on the take, but I don't hate it. I think it's a reasonable
2: – there's there's reasonable process yeah, to get to this. Yeah, that's fine.
0: I like Rashad White. I think there's a dual-threat skill set. He's got good size. When I say dual-threat, I mean running <laughs> Running and receiving. It's kind of weird to say a dual threat running back, right? I I normally say multifaceted. Yeah, I'm out of whack, but uh, he's a good player, for sure.
1: A a double shot of wide receiver takes from Tally. Uh, Take one, Chris Olave has a better career than Garrett Wilson. Christian Watson ends up having the best career out of all the wide receivers in this class. He's He's
0: doing so well there at the beginning. We both have Chris Olave higher on our boards than Garrett Wilson. So that would be an indicator that we agree with that. But Christian coming out and saying Christian Watson is going to have the best career of any player in this class is very, very, very aggressive. Especially because I feel like there's a gap between him and the guys that I view at the top, like Jamison Williams and Chris Olave. So I, I don't, I'm out on that piece of it. I agree with Joe completely in every way,
2: and I, I, I can understand why the the enthusiasm for Christian Watson is where it is, right? But. I don't know. That's just too big of a leap for me to take for a player who I I don't think is as technically advanced as the hype has suggested to this point. You know, with with how his legend has built since the Senior Bowl. <laughs> right. We
0: might be a little responsible for that. Well, but shout the, out Ryan Fowler. Right. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, when you had when you had the Senior Bowl that he had, I mean, how could you not? Of be, course,
2: and react it was like, the way that we did. Of course, but but then it. When we sat down at the end of the Senior Bowl and we had the conversation about readjusting expectations for certain players, we said, hey, we need to move Christian Watson up on the predictive board. And we put him in the 60s just in front of George Pickens. Yeah. That feels really reasonable to me. Correct. But
1: he's a top 50 pick at the end of this month. For sure.
2: Probably after his combine that he had. I think that's, I don't know about for sure. What would you put the odds at?
0: Ooh, is this going to be a? It might, bet? Be,
1: it might be a bet, because um, I think I think I think he's a top forty player. predictably. Okay,
0: set it at forty. Would you take the under or the over? I need more time to think.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I, not going to commit to this. Predictively, right I think he is going to go in, inside the top forty.
2: I'm not going to commit to this. Predictively.
1: Right so, do we want to table that one for a future dudes episode? Yes.
2: And I? Okay. Well, I mean, we we have the the whole show concept we're
0: we're planning on doing.
1: We are going to do this at the end of the month. Uh, draft related bets that we're all going to take so we have at that. the end of the month so we'll do it after the draft no, we'll do it like right before the draft <laughs> those are
0: my favorite bets to make yeah. when yeah. you know the when information you know the yeah be um, more of that opportunity
1: bit of a bit of a tattle take here oh. uh, as ATH sent us this and we've been talking about this for days we've been talking about this since you guys got here this take is this Ant?
0: oh I know what this is Go ahead.
1: Your thermostat should be set to 82 degrees every night according to a new report. And the t- the tattle take is the person who did this report resides in hell. And when you have your thermostat <laughs> that high, I think you do. Um, Go
0: ahead, this, Joe. This take is wrong. This
1: Com- is absolute garbage. We, we, so... <laughs> We, you guys were at another Airbnb. Yeah, we, I figured
0: Airbnb. it out, too. We've,
1: had a, we've been at a couple of Airbnbs this week. For, we always for, do. We
0: always have three or four.
1: <laughs> and when we got to that Airbnb, the thermostat was set at 82 degrees. It was. And you know what? We spent the first hour and a half while we were trying to get the we AC turned on. That was priority number one is get the AC turned on, get that thing down from 82. So no, does not need to be at 82.
0: Our standards, though. Let's go through our standards. For okay. me, it's very, very simple. It's heat 68, AC 70. You don't put on the heat, right? That's not a the, thing the for you? The heat
1: is not a thing here. You do not turn the heat on. So at this time... Have of,
0: you ever turned your heat on in Arizona? In
1: Arizona, not once. No. That's wild. And I will tell you this. <laughs> I will tell you this. Cost notwithstanding, I would have the thermostat below 70 every night for the AC. But it gets a little expensive here when it's hundred So what's outside.
0: your... Tell us your number.
1: Uh, 73. 73, 74 is where I'll, I'll set it at in the summertime. Because okay. you got to remember, it's 110 outside. And so when you set it at 74, there is a stark difference between the two. You know?
2: I am uh, 72 during the day, no matter what. And I am 68 at night no matter what. Really Yeah Here Real quick mm-hmm. The person who did this study Is that person that publishes the article That's like Here's how I got rid of Six figures of student loan debt In just six months And it's like My parents let me live at their house for free And gave me a $50,000 check <laughs> Shut up the, se- the secret formula Here's the secret formula Have rich parents that give you everything Huh <laughs> Why can't you be like me And be free And not live with debt uh, Because I don't have parents That give me money like candy You loser
1: now sit down and shut up. This take from Halil's Real Football Talk. Another one that missed it uh, last week that he wants to get in there. Uh, he said, if Marcus Jones was six feet tall, he would be a first-round pick. Mm.
0: Instead of instead 5'7", of 170. Who's this?
1: <laughs> who, who
2: submitted this take? This state? is Halil's Real no, Football no. Talk. Okay. Friend good, of the show. Good, good take. Well, not good... Good submission. This is going to be an interesting thought exercise. I'm not saying I agree with the take right now. I'd love to hear Joe's thought as the regional scout who did the initial write-up on... That's oh, so why I looked at Joe and I delivered yep, the take. Yep, I was yep, looking yep, for yep, yep, I got you, I got you. I got you. I got
0: you. I like it. I like this take. Because that's... I mean, that's the thing that tosses the wet blanket over the entire conversation with Marcus Jones is like... Yeah, he's a really good player. He's sticky in coverage. He's physical, competitive. He has ball skills. He's the best returner in the class. Right, nine career return touchdowns, punt and kicks. He's got all this he's stuff. Better than Calvin
2: Austin in return? Yes,
0: he's better than Calvin Austin wow. return Whoa. game. He's got. You
2: know how Joe feels about Calvin
0: right. Austin. Well, he's got a. He's certainly a more accomplished player in the return game than Calvin Austin. And so, yeah, the only thing that you're concerned about with Marcus a- Marcus Allen, Jesus, Marcus, wow. he really likes it. Jones, <laughs> Marcus Jones, is the size. But the problem is, it's not like he's just a little undersized. You can fit him in your pocket. He's way too small.
2: The ultimate outlier, right?
0: Yeah. Do you remember when I did presented Calvin Austin yes. to, this, to the team? I'm like, hey, yep. everything I'm about to tell you is gonna be really, really good. But but he's five 170 pounds, and. And Marcus is like that. the same thing,
2: yeah. Okay, if Joe's on board, I can get on board. I don't think it's... I, I will say this. His instincts, his foot quickness, and his ability to play football is all very high level.
0: Yeah.
1: So I, I'm convinced Vontel does this to make us angry. And he, he puts... Takes is Vontel, Does
0: he live in Arizona?
1: I don't know. Oh. But but he... You
0: know, What's Montel, up, baby?
1: If you're listening, we are, we're we all together here in Arizona. Even though they're all different players, both Logan Hall and Arnold Ebakete will get drafted in the first round while both Kenyon Green and Nicobe Dean will not too many layers. I don't think
2: Logan Hall gets drafted in the first round, I don't but I, I do think I do think Kenyon Green does. But I can see the pathway for Nicobe Dean falling out. Small linebacker Lee gets weird about those kind of guys, and I can see Ebe Katie getting in.
0: So, who is let's uh, let's pick our. Guy we feel the best about being a first-round pick and the guy we feel the least good about being a first-round pick. Out
2: of these, all four of these guys Yeah, total? so it's, it's Logan, Logan Hall. Logan Hall is dead last.
0: Logan Hall is not going to be a first-round pick. He's clearly my pick for not making the first round. Abiquetti, Kenyon Green, Nicoby Dean, Yeah, who has the best chance of actually being a first-round pick? I Nicoby's mean, the best player, but... I think it's Abiquetti. I think so, too. Yeah. Good. We'll, we
1: yep. want to move on yep. to another thing here. Okay. Steve said Malik Willis is considered the ceiling quarterback in this draft. But Desmond Ritter's ceiling is just as high.
2: Just as high.
1: And my eyes went to the guy who watched Desmond Ritter the most this season when I
0: read that. I don't think think Ritter has the same type of arm talent that Willis does. And I think we have a – maybe this is a hot take. I think we have a larger sample size of inaccuracy from Ritter than we do Willis.
2: I think that's fair. I mean, and the, the problem with Ritter is he's generally been the same player.
0: I think his mental... For a, mental, big, for a yeah. bigger sample size. His mental approach has changed, but yeah, the, I think and his the execution... Issue, yeah. The
2: issues from a, a tangible, visual, on-the-field product have persisted for several seasons.
0: Yeah. He's tailored his game to play winning football. Correct. But he's not... I don't think he's ever going to be the quarterback that you're going to say, this is our dude, 40 passing attempts every game, that's our best way to generate offense
1: no but I I will say this in in all of the conversations that we've had both on the show in our staff meetings and just off the air you have made a comparison of what Desmond Ritter can be for a certain team Mm -hmm. and I don't remember if you've made it on the show before but when I think of that comp right and I think of what he can be Ryan Tannehill I think Desmond Ritter can be but no no to, to your point like that's a guy that a lot of people would like on their team as their exactly. You know what I'm saying? So right. like to to put it in the box of this take, like it feels like we're taking taking shots at Desmond Ritter. <laughs> where <laughs> if we take your comp, Joe, like that'd be a good player in the National Football right.
0: League. Right, he'll be a, good, a starter that gets multiple contracts. Here, here's
2: the thing about Desmond Ritter, and I generally agree. His sense of the rush, I think, is significantly better than Ryan's. That's fair. Ryan, Ryan. Ritter's
0: got some fumble problems, though, dude. He's he got like yeah, 37 fumbles or something with his massive hands. Ago. Yeah. yeah,
2: Jackass. Real People, got real, yeah. People, People
0: got real, real pissed at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real mad
1: about a stat. Yeah, you, you smacked the horn. Hey,
0: here's information one. with no analysis. None.
1: Here's a fact.
0: Right. How dare you? Grass is green. Oh, my God. How dare you? Why would you say that? Expect more out of you, Joe. There's
1: so a reason why the grass is green, Joe got
0: chlorophyll oh wow chlorophyll? science la- draft Chlor- dudes do science yeah no we can't, no, we <laughs> we're, can't like a- we're, we're three
1: weeks out of the draft boys
0: so we can't start a whole I new
1: okay. uh, another take from tell I this is a good school. one he said i know it's late bj baylor is good in all caps good he's a top six back in this class tell hit us with the running back takes this week on the show
2: so we got a we actually are constructing a list this week while we're all together of players that we need to make sure that we get the deep dive right on. And he's on the list. Okay, there you go, people. So, come back next week and find out on the next Friday edition of Takes on Takes.
1: You know we're not going to remember this next Friday when we're doing Takes oh, on Takes. Right? If they, That's on you. Yeah, right, That's it's, on it's you. Resp- you're responsible
2: for ca- asking the question again.
1: Uh, take from Garrett. No matter what Jacksonville does, the Lions should take Willis at two. I already know Joe's on board. With yes. Willis at two. Ojabo at 32 if he slides and Nicobe Dean or Devin Lloyd at 34. That draft would be a home run for the Lions and set up their rebuild in phenomenal shape. Here's the deal. Would you rather take the player
2: at 32 that you have to pay the first round contract who's going to play for you this year or not?
0: Kyle's really. He's like, let me put get the microscope out. I like what you're saying, but you need to flip 32 you got the and 34. Right players. Yeah,
2: I can't. And the reason why I think you got the right players is because like the quarterback market has obviously heated up, and we'll see if it's smoke or not. But like, I'm inclined to think Carolina is going to be a player. Atlanta's still going to be a player. Seattle could be a player. Pittsburgh could get aggressive and trade up for a guy. Like, there's enough here that I can see the quarterback market dictating, if you want Malik, like, it's not going to be like, oh, we'll trade up from 32 and get him in the 20. Like, that's not happening. So, go ahead.
1: No, the only thing I was going to add is, when we talk about 32, and you're saying in this scenario, take a job with. 34 right and right. flip them right. well look at the team that is in between those two picks Jacksonville who's more than likely going to take a pass rusher at one so you're not worried about them double dipping so you basically you don't know but you have a pretty good guess that he's going right. to be, and if, if he's there at 32 he's going to be there at 34 and if you're
2: married to a Jabo and somebody wants to trade up guess what hey Jacksonville you want to do, move down one spot right and I'll still and, get the guy I want right and then you can do whatever you want to do from there so yeah I would take a Jabo in the
1: second I have a take from Dolphins' craze that I think is going to be popular in the room Lord. because of how much we love this player. We have we had a chance to talk to him on draft. Oh, Tariq Woolen. Tariq Woolen will be the second UTS player to go in the first round in this year's draft. Teams will covet him for his insane athletic ability. Seattle should trade back with Pittsburgh and take him at twenty. I bet Seattle loves him. This show loves Tariq Woolen.
0: I locked him to the Bills in my in Monday. So you, I think you're in the right strike zone I do You
2: know who else could probably use them The Raiders The Raiders yeah. don't, don't have a first round pick Well, I mean you can get creative Go up and get Go get your guy What about Arizona Chris
1: They, they, they got a lot of things they need right I mean they need a corner
2: I mean if you want to take height, weight, speed guys You might as well take one in a premium position <laughs>
1: That's a fair point it's a fair point. They certainly need the help in that position. That'd be fun. We love Tariq when we talk to him. I mean, it yeah. was it was our. He's we, a great ap- interview. After we had we got off the air talking with him, we all three of us were like, "Man, it's a good kid." We're, we're excited to see where he goes mm-hmm. to the next level. And Joe's starting to make the push to, for him to be a first round guy. And I think I think it's fair. I have one more. Uno mas. It's one from Adam. Adam Stephen Paul. Do you think that's his full name? He's got three first names as a name. What a. Or do you Badass think, or do you me. think that's just his Twitter handle at Adam Stephen Paul? I, I, hope, it. I hope it's I'm his three
0: names. I think it's the whole. I think it's his name. He's, I think this, his parents named he, him that.
1: This man is a. He's from his Twitter says he's from Boston, Massachusetts. Boo! And in his profile picture, has the Bills logo, what the Edmonton Oilers logo, and the FC Barcelona logo.
0: My guy's out in Boston repping Bills Mafia. Re,
1: repping Bills Mafia, and his, I think and, even Kyle his, can
0: respect that. <laughs> you gotta. You got a shoulder shrug and a yeah. the Larry David gif. Yeah.
2: The conflicted Larry David, yeah. Joe, you don't even know who Larry David is.
0: Yeah, he's that guy with uh he's got like a major he's receding hairline and like poofy that white guy hair. Is the way Joe started that. Yeah, It kind of looks like an old priest or something. Sure. I'm just going to take here. <laughs> sure. Was Wait, I right about it. that? <laughs> Come on, was I right? Looks like an
1: old priest. Go ahead, Chris. Is that wrong? Go ahead, Chris. John Mechie will have the best wide receiver career from this draft class. Do you want me to continue? you just want to stop there and talk about that part first? I would like to hear the rest. He will be the only rookie Pro Bowl wide receiver. Oh. and will be Is the he going to play? And will be the second-round wide receiver play, yes. from this draft class that outperforms all the first-round wide receivers a la A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, and D.K. Metcalf. So, And then uses the hashtag, why are we sleeping?
0: I love everything about John Mechie up until the point where he has to catch the football.
1: That's tough for a wide receiver. It is the route running's good. It's kind of a difficult thing to <laughs> yeah, say. The athleticism's
0: like. good. The rack's good, but just the the catch point is just not a a, a spot where I think it's natural for him, especially when not necessarily a contested situation, but when there's people around him, like there's a little bit of traffic. I just don't think he has great hands in, in ball skills. Yeah, that's a concern.
1: Everything everything else is there. Can I ask you a question, and I'm pointing at Kyle. What do you want? Because Joe and I did a show, was it last week, when we talked about the wide receivers in this draft class and comparing them to this growing trend of, you know, oh, you can get Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson in the first round, or you can get these really good wide receivers in the second round. And, Kyle, I don't think I've ever asked you this point blank or we've had this conversation. Do you feel that this year's class, the you know, based on the value of the board that we have outside, mm-hmm. do you think that there's going to be this – narrative that, oh, don't worry about it, you can get your A.J. Browns or D.K. Metcalfs, you can get your version of that in this year's draft, and that's setting the bar too high for this group. Like, I feel like there's this shift in, oh, you don't have to draft the first round wide receiver because you're going to get really good ones in the second round, just like we've done all these other years, whereas it, it, it's not as, as cookie-cutter as that. It's not as cut and dry as that.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think there's always... To assume that the pattern of... The best predictor of future... Behavior is past behavior, right? So like you have that historical data that has shown you you're you gonna get one, you might get two. But if you're drafting six in the second round, just arbitrary number, throwing it out. You got a thirty three percent chance of being the one that got the one. Right? Yep. You comfortable with that? Is that good is that good risk
1: to you? Or is that good process?
2: I, th- I think if you're going to draft a premium position in the first round that where there's more scarcity, I think that's a good process. But I'm, not, I'm not, not drafting a wide receiver until day two because, oh, well, there's an A.J. Brown every year. I'm not drafting a wide receiver until round two because there's better depth at that position, and my diminishing returns is greater than my diminishing returns if I pass on an offensive tackle and I need one, and I try to draft that in round two, and my options are Bernhard Raymond and Daniel Fa'alele.
0: How do, you, how do you apply that same logic to running backs? When are they coming off the board? Well, I mean, it's the same thing. Let's say you're a team that feels like you need a running back mm-hmm. and you're thinking about picking one in the first round. To Th- me, it's this, a lot. This year
2: or in a general I, year? I
0: feel like every year I would always side with uh, weight. Yeah. But I don't feel that way about wide receivers. Like, if you believe the guy's a dude, go pick him.
1: And that's because of the value you're putting on that position in comparison to the running back yeah. position? Yeah, okay. to me, yeah.
2: Well, but I do think running backs, the the high-level ones with their involvement in the passing game, I do think there's more value than what is inferred, right? It's just the alter, the opportunity cost of like having one player that can fill two or three running back roles in one player's body. Or are you going to have to commit more bodies to the running back room to have all the roles available? And then understand, if I get into a third down situation and I put my heavy hitter out there, he's going to be blocking. If I go out there with my 185-pound scat back, he's going to be in the passing game. And, like, defenses will notice that, and it's, it makes yeah. it – You know what I mean? It's like Specialization
0: versus- increases predictability. Correct. Yeah.
2: So I think that's how you apply it. There's, there's at some point, based on the relative pl- talent of every player in the draft – where he's the right choice based on just the value of the player. We don't have a lot of those players at the running back position this year that we are absolutely over the moon on. I'm higher on Isaiah Spiller than most. I'm higher on Brian Robinson than most. I like Kenneth Walker a lot. I have some concerns about Brees Hall going into environments that are not mirroring what he was experienced with having at Iowa State. But I understand from an athletic profile perspective and a production perspective, he's going to get drafted higher than I would probably draft him myself. Any other
0: thoughts? I don't want to open up another can of worms. Okay.
2: I don't eat worms, so we'll leave it at that. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert, Draft Dudes. Thank our friends at Online for their continued support of the podcast. Thank all of you for loon- tuning in to Takes on Takes. Happy Friday. Make it a good one. Talk to you guys again tomorrow.